Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. This is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides along the journey to RPG adventures. Role-playing inspiration can come from anywhere, and we use our side quest to explore TV shows, movies, books, and other RPGs that influence our playstyle and storytelling. Whether we draw from intriguing plot points, amazing characters, or, well, you know, just kind of geek out about it, it should be a fun trip, and we're glad you came along for the ride. Here's a message from friends of the show. Have you ever wanted a dad and his two teenagers to give you a comprehensive breakdown of classes, races, and planes of Dungeons & Dragons 5e? Have you ever wanted those same people to discuss example characters based on the combat, exploration, and social interaction pillars of D&D storytelling? Do you like listening to three chuckleheads make terrible puns and trip over the simplest words? Well, then you're in luck. We're the three pillars of D&D casts. And that is exactly what we do. Find us wherever quality podcasts are sold. Welcome everybody to today's episode. Another epic moment in Tabletop Journey's history. In one room together, again, at Tabletop Journey Recording Headquarters South in Connecticut. Lee Wanika, Glenn, and myself actually within five feet of each other for the first time since, since Lee's Lee wedding. Yeah, six uh, years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. gentlemen. Uh, so cool to see you like in person. This is amazing. It this is, is so awesome to see you guys. And honestly, even though the world's mostly back opened up again, it's really nice just to see friends face-to-face still because yeah. it doesn't yeah. happen that often. Yeah. yeah. We are here today to talk Superman and Lois. Now, uh, yeah, yeah. we have been talking a lot recently about some of the shows that have come out within the last year, year and a half, that are we are really just living in a golden age of geekdom right now with fantasy and sci-fi shows. We just talked a little bit ago, like literally Lee Winnick and I about an hour ago talked about uh, The Bad Batch and we talked about Lower Decks and we talked a lot about the other Star Trek properties that are coming out in the scope of that show. We're here with Glenn today to go ahead and talk about Superman and Lois, which is probably cream of the crop for the new shows that have come out in the last year. I'll go on record saying that I think that Superman and Lois is bar none the best superhero show as of one season, wow. mind you, only one season in, best first season of a super of a superhero show that I have ever seen, to include Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'm a longtime diehard fan of. Yeah. Slightly different genre, but wow. she was a superhero. But yeah, wow. this show was phenomenal start to finish. It had a couple, just a couple-ish moments for me, but only because they couldn't have done more without blowing it out. Yeah. And turning it into a full length motion picture with a longer yep. war at the end for the finale. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, they want to make a sh- they want to make a show and they want to have a season two. Right. So they yeah. didn't want to totally blow everything yeah. in their like they needed to go ahead and leave enough on the table that they had more thing more stories to tell yep. afterwards. So I think that the way that they, they executed that was uh was masterful. Yeah, but that's talking about the end while we're still at the beginning. Yeah. My bad. I just wanted to say <laughs> 
great show. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. And, and man, uh, sorry, I know you want to get get into what you want to say, but but that is like a gauntlet has been thrown, my friend. Like I that is it. like every actor phenomenal performance. Every single every one. The acting is so strong. The extras, the extras too. The extras Everyone. hit it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody who had a speaking line in that film, if they've never been a bigger actor or in a different show, oh. their best work was on film. Not the cutting room floor. We saw it on film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bitsy Tulop. Yeah. I'm going to go with yeah. Bitsy because that's how she refers to herself. Okay, cool. That's actually her Twitter handle. Yeah. That's how she has herself listed on uh, in the cast as oh, well. Yeah. My goodness. She's she, uh, amazing. I'm going to get there. And and please okay. forgive me, Ms. Tulak. I, 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 Ms. Tulak, I, I, I really want to talk about how amazing you are and how inspired you've made me. Anybody who's ever known me knows I'm a Superman fan. We are recording this, and I am in the same Superman shirt I bought the night before my son, my youngest son, was born. And I bought this shirt, went to see Superman Returns at a midnight showing, got home after the midnight showing, slept for about two hours before uh, waking up to go to the hospital for the birth of my youngest son. I still own that shirt. That was 15 years ago and some months yeah. ago. I am, and I am wearing that shirt. Superman is near and dear to every part of me. Yep. I held myself back in praise of this show. And everybody knows I've been highly praising this show yeah. Yeah. because I start with a bias. To hear Glenn, who is much more of a Batman fan than, 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 I, than I am, uh, than Superman fan. Oh, I do like Superman, but Batman is the man because I don't know. Yeah. He's Batman. But <laughs> to hear Glenn Bullets give that of type him. of praise, yeah, unsolicited, we didn't, we're not, we're not scripted. No. Like we just turned on the mics and started talking yeah, just, just now. Yeah, exactly. And to hear him give that kind of praise, which is exactly how I feel, really justifies everything about this show for me, yeah. everything I feel about this show. Mm. And worse, it actually makes me feel a little bad that I've been holding myself back <laughs> because I've been trying to get people to just watch it. And I was thinking if I if I said how much I loved it, they would like, he's a Superman fan, it can't be that good, can't and they back good. away. Right. So I've been holding myself yeah. back trying to get more people to watch the show. But to have Glenn, for, for you to say that, yeah, and come every, on, man! I was sitting down at the couch with you and Josh watching Smallville when we were all oh, yeah. in Maine. Oh yeah, when yeah, I've been a Superman fan. Yeah, but Thursday night Smallville dude. parties were real. Yeah, they, they I had were. them at my house. We would yeah, watch live, Smallville live seasons. Yeah, we would we would watch Smallville every Thursday night play a little magic. and play a little magic while, while and then we would go to the karaoke bar. It's impossible not to think that way, just with the the level that. Of performances that were going on as big of a batman fan as you are and as big of a superman fan as you are everybody listening to this podcast now knows how big a buffy fan you are mm. yeah mm. superman lois was utterly fantastic expertly it did, crafted I it, mean, was, it was this is some of the best television writing i've seen ever let alone uh for a yeah. superhero show i mean we're talking quality writing level on par for its genre that we got with the first season of Battlestar Galactica from the 2000s. Whereas, like, we're watching this, like, I've watched a lot of sci-fi shows, and I don't even know what the heck I'm watching right now. It is that good, right? That's what I felt about this. I'm like, holy crap. The visuals. Amazing. The characterizations. And, and the hardest thing, I think, is make you feel that's the guy that was on that four-color page. Yep. And I have no doubt and this is with all due reverence 
to Christopher Reeve. Oh God, I was going to say something along these lines too, but go ahead. Yeah, and I'll just with all due reverence to Christopher yeah. Reeve, with great respect to Dean Cain, who I loved in his time for yeah. the type of show he was in, with amazing levels of love for Tom Welling, seconded and, on all counts, and 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 great respect for Brandon Routh. He did not have some of the things around him that could have made him a better Superman, yeah. but clearly from his Kingdom Come version of Superman in Crisis on Infinite Earths. He can handle that job, right? right? So I can say this. Tyler Hawkin is the Superman. I agree 100%, man. He I mean, is the Superman. The and only one that I held possibly in contention with Christopher Reeve, because he did actually, especially for the cinematography, costuming, and special effects of the time. Yeah. And that's why I won't... I'm not going to... I'm going to call him the retitle, the retired title holder. Superman yeah. His title's not on, on the line. But if it was, if he came out of retirement... Now, mind you, he's got the benefit of modern cinematography, yeah. modern film techniques, yeah. but he is just amazing in, in terms of encompassing both all that is Superman and all that is Clark Kent, not yep. just bad luck gumshoe reporter, but family man. And that's yeah. what where this show really sang, uh, yeah. was bringing you into the, in touch with the human side of Superman. Yep. Yep. There um, were so many elements of the show and they showed it with the Kents. They showed it with Lana and her husband and her yep. daughters. Mm -hmm. There were so many elements of family. They showed it in the conflict between father and daughter with Sam, General Sam Lane and yep. Lois. They showed it in so many, just the, the information, the stuff with the mother who lost her son, yeah. uh, early on, early on in the season yeah. and, and with tag and she comes back in the, in, in the final episodes. And I'm like, and then with tag Harris and, and just, and even the, the just being a high school kid who had to move, yeah. look, I'm a Navy brat. Glenn, you're a Navy brat. We moved a lot when we were yeah. kids, mm -hmm. right? Josh, I'm while cool. not military, you moved a lot as well. <laughs> yeah. You were yeah. in a couple different places yeah, yeah. and uprooting yourself from everywhere where you feel centered and you have your place and you know where you are and being put in a new place yeah. is amazingly difficult for a teenager. Absolutely. Amazingly difficult. Yep. And how perfectly played from two different perspectives between Jonathan and Jordan yeah. Kent was so that? I'm, wow. I'm going to try to rein you both in a little bit here because I think we need to go ahead and give the show some some sort of shape Dude. if we're going to go ahead and have this discussion. Can I say the thing that I forgot? Absolutely. Yeah. First? Yeah. Dive in. Okay. Because it was earlier when you were talking about Lois, right? And I, it was my shout out to her since you already brought her up so strongly. Okay. I wanted to bring it in because what you were trying to say and what we've been saying the whole time, I think the show encompassed perfectly in the moment when she was almost killed. That would have been a repeat of history. Because Jonathan had already seen it in the alternate universe where she was killed by Superman. Yeah. When no. she's going to get killed by Lars, but John Henry saves her. Yeah. But that being on camera, live, with her kids and all of their friends watching yep. it, and, and the way it went it. down, yeah, yeah. and the ferocity that she's playing, and the fearlessness that she's playing the part with, oh, yeah. yep. to, to say this Inspired. to the country, knowing that she could die, and then turning around and facing her death fearlessly. Yeah. Yep. To be safe. Didn't flinch. Did not flinch. Did not flinch. And she turns back to the camera and just keeps going. And the kids around Jonathan and Jordan go, dude, your mom is awesome. Yeah. 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 That <laughs> sums up her yeah. performance yeah. right yeah. there. Like your, yeah, dad, absolutely. Your, your dad is Superman, but Lois has found her superpower. Yeah. And that's, and she that's, always, yeah. She always, she always had, had it. it. It just has never been shown as yeah. well before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because quite honestly, and again, with great reverence to 
Margot Kidder. Yeah. With great reverence towards other uh, Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and other people who have played phenomenal Lois Lanes. Even Dana Delaney, who voiced Lois Lane in the Superman animated show. With great reverence to some fantastic actors who've portrayed, taken the role in the past. The reality is... None of them had the, the acting that Bitsy Tulak has. To no. be fair, none of them also had the opportunity to act under the same circumstances. Yeah. None of fair. them had the family environment. None yeah. of them had the fair. more comic, campy, free drama yeah. of their lines, their parts, and the way yeah. their roles yeah. were written. Yeah. Part of that, don't get me wrong, the actress is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But the character is written more strongly than it's so been written in the past. It, it, in some things, you need the perfect actor for the perfect time. Yep. To match the writing. And this is what we have. We have the yeah. perfect storm Agreed. of all of those things. We are in the right time, 2021. That is exactly what we I'm are in go. the right. Yep. We have the correct actor, Bitsy Tulak. Yeah. Well, then, and, and, that, that and is Josh, exactly, take it. I was going to say, that's exactly. Josh run with it and give us some structure. Yeah. Bring so us here, down, here's, Josh. Get us together. Well, that, that, well, that's exactly where I wanted to go ahead and start today because I will, now that we have watched Superman and Lois. Now that season one is over, I am going to share with you all Josh's reservation before the show ever started. And here was my reservation. It's an Arrowverse show shot on the CW, and the script writing for Arrow was awful. It had awful dialogue from start to finish. It had, it had good moments. It wasn't awful start to finish, but you're not wrong. The writing was deliberately campy and comic book-like. Okay, they were going maybe, maybe for that's trip. what it was. Okay, yeah. For, for so that as the non-comic book guy, I'll let you know that campy and comic booky in that show translated as bad. And so here I am, we're we're doing the podcast, and I'm 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 trying to put my Josh doesn't do a podcast anymore hat on to see does Josh watch a show on Superman and Lois based in the Arrowverse on the CW if I'm not doing this podcast? And I don't know that the answer is yes. Because I think, Luanika, had you come to me and says, Josh, you need to watch this show. It's amazing. I would have written you off as, he's the Superman guy. Like, of right. course he's going to say, he's got good taste, but some things he's biased on. Right, but yep. he's biased. And, he, and, and he I freely admit that. my yeah. bias. You know, and so I am, I, am, I am glad that the podcast gave me the gift of watching this show. Because as a non-comic book guy, but as a huge fan of things like the NCU, and not a big fan of things that happened in, in the DC, there's so much bad that's happened in kind of the DC extended universe. And I'm like, ah, DC just can't get it right. Is it, is it, I'm, I'm going through my head like, is it a matter of source material? Is it just that I don't like the DC source material and I like the Marvel source material? Is that where my issue is, right? I was so pleasantly surprised with how good this show was. I mean, like, I am trying to think of another first season of a television show that I've enjoyed as much as super, like, not even not even like in the in the sci-fi. Like you talked yeah, about, I wasn't going to go that far, but I agree. You yeah. talked about Buffy, I, and like, I, look, I'm not putting the crown on it just yet, but I am actually. I'm trying to think of like, okay, what's the Nevers first? comes close. Yeah, the Nevers was hot. The Nevers was Shadow hot. and Bone was pretty Shadow good too. Shadow and Bone was good, but that's something we're seeing more. I mean, it used to be that first seasons took a while to find traction because the actors were still learning to yep, relate. Yep. And by season two or three, they were really humming. But yep, it's like yep. these guys yep. were already acting for four or five seasons together yeah, when e they started. Even yeah. NCIS, a show I absolutely yeah. love, 18,000 seasons in, 
I don't think MCAS hit its hit its stride until Ziva David came in, and yeah. that was season three. I mean, I am a huge fan of the West Wing. I mean, you're wearing your Superman shirt. I'm wearing my West Wing shirt. The West Wing from season one was was hot right out of the gate. But just look at the acting talent that they had on the yeah. stage yeah. at the time. Yeah, from the moment that that show began, it had all stars on screen. It was going to be hard for that show not to be acted oh, yeah. out of the park right from the very beginning. Right. Well, but like, but it again, was a super group. It was that a, show was yeah. was the super group of TV. Yeah. It really well, was. And you're going to see shows like that coming out now because there's a much bigger trend for Hollywood actors to come to the small right. screen. That's yeah. how you get yeah. actors like Westworld. Westworld is a oh. super group of shows. Okay. Yeah. And I have not seen it yet, yep. but it is on my radar. It is something I will be getting Westworld to. Westworld season one is legit. Anyway, all that yep. to go ahead and say, like, I'm trying to think of a first season of a show that I liked as much as Superman and Lois. And I, right. I, I'm having a real hard time. Like, uh, I New can, Girl <laughs> was I, really I, great. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I really uh, liked Hannah. But Hannah I'm was sure good. I could bring it to this level, either. but it wasn't. It wasn't. And, and yeah. there are a lot of new shows the, coming out. Yeah. Now the Expanse is fantastic, but even but season one was one nowhere in there. Great. Season one was not yeah. here. It was good. It was but good. It just wasn't where it is now. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones season one was good. Game of Thrones season one was was strong. Yeah. Yeah. Rome. I like it enough where I tolerate season eight. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I support, can't. fully support mm, season eight, fully support. I know I'm in the minority and I might get mugged in this room. <laughs> There's right. no might about that. As well, soon as we're yeah. done recording. Yeah, we're, we're going to have words. We're, yeah. we're th I'm thinking like uh, Rome, the HBO show. Rome was, Rome, Rome was exceptional. Like, season exceptional one of Rome was, was so good that I remember coming home. I, I was working second shift at the time. Got home at like 11 o'clock. Like, just like flipping through HBO and saw, oh, Rome, I like ancient Rome, whatever. Sat down and watched all eight episodes of season one in one shot. It was that good. Like, was found the next morning at like nine o'clock in the morning. Like, season one of season show. one of 24 was The yeah. Last Kingdom takes yeah. a couple of episodes to truly get rolling. Yeah. But the first season had me and I loved it. Yeah. And I've been Last yeah, Kingdom was good since. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Took a little bit to get yep. Uhtred grown up and actually active in the world. Yep. But once he got to that point, I was in. Yep. So, yeah, so, hooked right to it. But with yeah. Superman and Lois, out the gate. Right. Yeah. And I'm out not ready to say definitely best first season of a show ever. But it's it's in but the, it's a hard nod to the fact that we are having trouble coming up with a solid with the season I enjoyed yep. as much as. We talked a whole, whole lot about Bitsy Tulak. But yep. Um, and we talked about Tyler as Tyler. well, playing as Superman. And there's a lot of other adult cast in the show. But... People who often struggle a little bit more to truly sell it like they, their adult co-workers are the, the young adult and child actors and actresses. Yeah. Ah. And they freaking nailed it like seasoned adults. I don't know when we do our award show how I'm going to decide between Jordan who plays Jonathan and Alexander, who plays Jordan yeah. for best young actor. Uh, yeah. Because they were both. Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Uh, bar and, none was probably my favorite young yeah. adult actor. And I thought he, that. He yeah. was so strong. I thought that, but then yeah. I really thought about it and I'm like, I think I'm giving Jonathan the character, some of what he's designed to have. He's the light child. He's oh. outgoing and likable yep. and stands out more. And when, but when I thought about the emotion that Alexander, who plays Jordan, has been showing going yep. through as the indigo child, the darker kid who's always been troubled, he plays that so well. And I feel it in my soul for myself and my kids. And then later as he goes on oh. and he's going through learning his powers and then in the final oh, scenes, the like when he's in, in, in the last episodes, oh. oh my God, he sells his heartbroken angst and his inner war and struggle so hard the, the way that, that i can't yeah. i can't hold his performance lower than i than i no. do for the, jordan's the way name, that he which is jonathan the way that he epitomizes the way that he displays 
the torn nature of being two different or more different people inside his own head mm-hmm. with a subtle change in his face and a little bit of a look yeah. and a little bit he, of a change in his mouth, the subtlety of his facial movements mm-hmm. that spelled out those different characters. Yeah. Like when he first, when, when he was, um, when they were on the volcano um, and, and he's Jordan, he's Jordan, he's Jordan. And then all of a sudden he is yes. Zeta Rowe. Yes. Yeah. Here's what I have to say about uh, Alex Garfin and what he did uh, uh, in the role of Jordan and then later on having to take on that dual role uh, of Zeta Rowe is just wow. Josh, you called it out, right? Those facial tics, those facial Mm -hmm. changes. That's expertise. We've talked Mm -hmm. about well beyond his We talked about it in the Bad Batch episode that it was animated and how cool those those facial expressions were and how much they they brought to the to the to the story. Now we're seeing the live action version of that with an actor who's a young man who's doing this. And wow, did he do it well. Um, So, so well. I lean towards Jordan Elias as as my number one of the two teens. And I say that because, well, one, I'm a follower of his on Twitter. One, I love the way the actor sends up the rest of his his troop. The episode that we're going to talk about with Bitsy... When that was done, his send up to her and the job she did on that episode was amazing. Uh, you know, so one, I just, wish I'd been reading that because ju- hearing that kind of stuff sounds like it would have been amazing. Just as a person, thank you, sir. I, I got to say thank you for that. But I really liked the fact, and it was a turn that we talked about when we did our our first episode on Superman and Lois where it's like, okay, so Jordan's going to be the dark when he's going to have the power. Glenn, you mentioned the fact that it'll be like that movie yeah. bright or Brightborn or whatever it was. We, we, we brought it up. Yeah. We mentioned that as being a concern. We weren't sure how it was going to go. It didn't go like we were thinking it might've gone and yeah. it was so much better. Mm-hmm. But what I really we did wind up on the bad side. For he a hot did. Minute. But what I really thought about is, what happens when you're not that kid? Like we talk yeah. about Jordan being a bit of the indigo child or whatever, but we then watch this guy who had it all. Yeah. And then he had to move and he lost it. Mm-hmm. Then he, then he finds out his girlfriend's done with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he was the football star and now he can't even get on the field. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and, no, before that, he couldn't oh, yeah. even get on the field. Oh, and then right. when he finally does have the ability to mostly get on the field and start trying to make some friends, then his brother with all these superpowers is even better. Yeah. yeah. It was an interesting change where somewhere in the middle of this season, you have the indigo child becoming the light child and the light child becoming the indigo child while still maintaining their original perspectives. Yeah. And that I thought was so brilliantly done. Right. And the fact that when he realizes, and this is what I think is the strength of the show, Clark is an amazingly good person. Lois is an awesome and amazingly good person. Strong person. And strong. I think mentally and morally strong, mentally and morally stronger than Clark in some ways, in many ways, in most ways. Yep. Right? She's She's his anchor. She's what helps him stay human. Right. So that makes total sense. So when Jonathan realized, I don't have the superpowers, but I got to defend my family. The first thing he did was, even though I was breaking the rules, I'm going to go find a way to defend my family. That's I'm right. going to go make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what I loved about that character. That's why I kind of give it to him a little bit more. Yeah. Because in my headcanon, I have been the one who says, everything's gone wrong. I'm going to make something happen. Right, wrong, right. or indifferent. 
I'm going to go out and I'm going to take action. Move the and but, I, and, but that's talking, kind of, and that's that's a strength that Lois possesses also. Absolutely. She is not reactive. She goes out. There's something wrong here. I'm going to go find it and I'm going to go stop it. Right. Yep. So do her best to make the right choice, not just a hasty choice. Yeah. Yep. But you're talking about character as written at this point, not performance. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Elsass sold the crap out of all of those changes. And I'm going to be honest, as I was following the show along with the same things that you're talking about, the way he started, I'm like, he's handling this with so much grace. He so loves his brother. And that's yep. one of the things I loved about their relationship. Yep. It's how supportive they were. But I'm going to be honest, and they played it just long enough. I was starting to get a little bit like, all right. It's this too is, easy. This is too much. There's no kid in the world that could be that cool about this much going his going wrong for him and right for his brother with his world totally getting turned upside down. And then the character cracks. Yeah. And, and he out. starts saying that. The actor sells that perfectly, too. Yeah. I just can't decide between the two of them because it's two totally different characters. Yep. yep. That are, and, but, and even in the and way so that they're intertwined. Because. Anything that you would say is about uh, Alex doing uh, having a, a scene where he, he really displayed it. Generally, with the yep. exception of the Zeta Rose scenes, he was on screen with Jordan. Yeah, those scenes were so good, so good. Brothers hanging out, having fun. A brother that you're arguing with—I mean, knuckle and bone arguing with. Then somebody decides to pick a fight with him. I don't care. I'm done. I'm done. And Jordan's in. How about the maybe tropey irony, irony or nod? to the past relationship that the son with superpowers growing up in Smallville now, Clark's son, Superman's son, yep. is dating Lana Lang's oh, yeah. daughter. Lana Lang's daughter. I love it. Yeah, and, that's fabulous. That's and Andy awesome. Navarrete, I may have gotten the name wrong, but I think that might be close, I hope, yep. who plays Sarah, did a fantastic job with it too. Yep. Um, and the, the her whole, the Lang family's dynamic I really watched, like watching that grow too. I mean, stepping away from the Kents just to the secondary yep. family for a second, using yeah. those uh, teen actors as a transition, watching their family's trials, tribulations, and the things that they grow through and the way that they come out stronger on the other side, like true yep. small villains. Is that a word? Small villains? It is yeah. now. It is now. Yeah, we're, we're going to make that canon. Small villains. Small villains. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was just amazing to watch. And I so love that her father, already having his own demons, didn't get driven back to them. I thought that was so brilliantly done. Like I, because it would have been so easy to let him go that way and add drama to the show. But instead, he fought. Yeah, to, he fought to, for to his family. It. He fought to it, fix it. it. He it, fought it, to save and, his family. Look, to fix his mistakes because he felt so guilty. Look, I, I got to say, it, I think it was something that was very important to note. I really thought this was going to be entirely the trope. Clark comes back. Lana pines for Clark. She conflicts with Lois. Yep. It would cause a break with her family because we already knew there was marital tensions right. uh, and other things going on. That was a trope. I think that's what we all kind of thought was going to happen. Right. We did not talk about that. I don't believe we did early right. on, but that's kind of where I thought it was going. And then somewhere along the line, like they're not doing that. And that's usually what happens when Lana comes back into the picture. Yeah. yeah. But I love that they just they played did. it as they truly have grown and evolved past that. They're just friends. And they're best friends. The women in this show are not in this show because they're somebody's girlfriend. Yeah. They're in this show because they have a point. And while they call this one Superman and Lois, we had a show in the past called Lo Lois and Clark. Mm -hmm. Which was but, a good show, too. I had a lot of fun Which was a that. great show, and it was yeah. fun. But honestly, Very I think the titles based. probably could have been reversed right. Right. and been more accurate. Yep. Because to me, yeah, it was Clark and the Lois. anchor for this show was Lois. Yep. My love of this show, as much as I love Superman, 
really comes down to yeah. Bitsy Tulag's portrayal of Lois Lane. Yeah, she she was a huge part of it because she, I mean, honestly, if I had to pick someone from the show to give best performance, it would have to be her hands down. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just so no phenomenal. Yep. Yeah, otherworldly. Like it was out. It, it, was, it, yeah. it was beyond the scope of what I'm used to seeing on television in general and even it was film and large. Film. I mean, it's yeah. one of the best dramatic roles I've ever seen played. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. yeah. She, she was. Wow. Here, here's what. Here, and this, this has nothing to do with the way that it was acted, but I actually thought that Sarah's character, the relationship between her and Jordan was fine. Like, that actually made sense. I, I love that. I thought that, that that was really kind of, it was an interesting nod to, to, to Clark and Lana's past and everything like that. Thought that was great. Yeah. Little tropey, but I, I liked it. I, here, the one thing that I'm kind of like looking at Sarah is like, man, you've got all this stuff going on around you that clearly Jordan is involved in. And you are not WTFing more than you are. I think she is. I think she just internalizes a lot. And I think she's figured That's it out. That's possible. In the last episode, yeah, she, when she, she comes into the command tent and her parents are talking to General Lang, yeah. she's looking past them at Lois and Superman standing like Lois and Clark, talking like people who know each other intimately. And she's got this expression. And then she looks down. That's the end of the scene and they don't bring it up. But I was expecting at yeah, the end I, of it, I, when I, she and Jordan I, I, were alone, yeah. for her to be like, is your dad so Superman? your dad Superman, huh? Or something like that. I, I think she's figured I, it out. I have a sense that somewhere, maybe it'll be towards the end of season two. Who knows? It'll be in season three. But I have a sense we're going to get a scene where it's going to become obvious and she's going to say, yeah, I always knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The question is, will she be cool like the new version of Mary Jane was about it in Far From Home? Where yeah. she was just like, yeah, I've always known. Yeah. Or will she be upset because she's had such a problem with people lying to her, keeping things from her yeah. in secrets? I think it's going to be a bit of both because yeah. she's also seen so much tragedy and so much violence that's been surrounding them. She's yeah. got to know that and be able to understand that some of it is is to keep people safe. Yep. yep. But I'll be interested to see how they choose to write it, it. as well as the as well as the whole. Um, it's not my secret to tell. Yep. Because as much right. as it is Jordan's life, that is now. It, 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 it is his life, it, too. It yeah. is his secret to But tell. it's also not just his secret. There's a little thing, and I'm going to go real super nerd on y'all. Um, uh, back in the 80s, when Dick Grayson was ending his Robin career and becoming Nightwing, there was a conversation, it was a quick couple panels in the in the Titans, where it was, why do you even, why do you even uh, need a secret identity? You don't really have any of these other things. Like you're not, you hang with the Titans, you live with the Titans. Why does that matter? He says, because it's not just me. Dick Grayson was like, if I'm public, Bruce is public. I get that. And so there was a bit of, I can't just tell people. Of course. And that was there for Clark too, though. The reason I'm going to challenge you back is because otherwise you're saying that you can't support Clark for telling Pete in Smallville because there were more people involved. Martha and Jonathan Kent very much would have been targets and it would have torn their families apart, you know, but it is happening to Jordan too. So Jonathan, I mean, honestly, it's his secret to tell too, but for Jordan in particular, at some point, I mean, he has his dad at least. Clark didn't have that until he got the Fortress of Solitude, but at some point He's going to need somebody outside of his family unit to be able to talk to. Yep. And, and I think and you're if, right. I think it might will be, be Sarah, Sarah for him. It, it probably be. will be if the plot continues the way it is. Yep. Yep. Or maybe it'll be another one of the guys well, that becomes so his best here's friend. Here's who I think that it's going to be. And we're going to get into the next brilliantly acted role in this show. Adam Rayner as Morgan Edge, who has had his powers stripped, but isn't dead. 
I don't think his powers has, are stripped. I think he's still full Kryptonian. No, he just well, he's, lost. he's still full Kryptonian, but at least he's lost all those Eradicators. Yeah, he lost the Eradicator. I think that we all know that he's going to be going. He's going to be going under lock and key. He's going to be guarded. You know, who knows how strongly? But he and Jordan now have a bond, and I suspect that Jordan, in his, I'm a teenager. I can't talk to my dad about this thing because they both had to fight against. I need to, I need, I need yeah. to know in, uh, no because of like because of the the powers that Morgan Edge gave him and everything like that like that yeah. that kind of connection when Jordan starts to quest about who he really is as a Kryptonian and everything like that and he's he, I don't think he's going to be able to feel especially to talk to his dad about this you're right and especially where there's no longer Jorel by the right. way a brilliant narrative move oh. right down to the funeral the funeral oh. was brilliant I, I, but but taking I now have the all information and infinite wisdom available to me yep. out of the story yep. further humanizes Superman. Yep. But also further it humanizes him because he's at the age yep. where we are. He's yep. at the age where his children are grown or near grown because both of his boys are late teens. Yep. This yep. is the time when you lose a parent. Yep. And you only had one to lose. That is a natural thing for him to have to go through like everybody else. So very much it humanizes him. Yep. But the timing isn't a coincidence and i think it's perfect timing for superman because he's grown enough at this point yeah you lose your parent and now i mean i, I lost a parent last year yeah. i've got another one left but yeah. it's huge yeah. huge and now you really start to feel more like okay it really is all on me you know it's very much a growing the, up the, and becoming a real so grown-up thing. the too. weight of being an adult well, not real grown-up but an elder of the tribe yeah the weight of being an adult gets a little heavier and you find your legs are a little sturdier or at least I have found this. It may not be true for everybody, and it depends on where you were in your relationship with your parent or parents uh, when these things happen. And having lost my mother uh, just a, just short of a year before, Glenn, you lost yours. Right, absolutely. Uh, and just a few years after, Josh, you lost your dad. Yeah. Um, so we've all been through that. Part. So we've, we all have. I found that the weight of all of that caused me to shift a little bit. And I found that I was sturdier in ways that I never knew I was. Mm -hmm. And I was dependent in ways that I never knew I was. And yeah. you got a few things kicking around that you're like, why have I always felt that way? Yeah. And, why and did so, I always think that was the right thing to do? Yeah. And you start and, questioning things and you, too. And, and you reevaluate. And I think yeah. you're correct. I think it was a brilliant thing to do to make us relate more. We've talked in the past, how do you relate to this character that is Superman? Right. How do you, well, one, put him in a situation where he's like, those of us who've been fans of his since we were toddlers, right? He's about our age. Mm -hmm. He has our struggles in every way possible, except we're not fighting aliens. It's the job. It's I'm homeless. It's a time to move. It's navigating being doing your work, doing your job, being able to spend time, being there when you're supposed to be there or whatever. And I always thought it was brilliant that even though Superman can get places very fast, he still is missing things and he still feels, even if he missed it or not, he feels like he's missing yeah. experiences with his family. Yeah. No matter how powerful he is, he can't be every, everywhere at once. He's and, always going to miss something. And I love the fact that those... Look, there was no full episode on that, but just nuances and conversations or situations that we were able to see that bring that in. And so we are getting this vast experience of Superman that is something we've never really had. We didn't really get it in, in many other things. The comic books did it 
they showed the Superman in real life. Yeah. But that's not something we've gotten on film. When John Byrne did The Man of Steel and they revamped Superman after Crisis on Infinite Earths, that was one of the reasons why they wanted to humanize Superman. Right. They lowered his power level. I mean, you get him in the shower at one point. Yeah. More but, than once in the comics. Yeah. He's but, like a normal dude. Yeah. He's, you know, yeah. Uh, he I fights aliens. He, he, he's, he's got, he breaks a sweat. Right. And super, and super sweat. Super is BO. Nasty. Super BO will mm, <laughs> drop an elephant. They also were producing four different regular books. Back when they had the diamonds on them so you could read Superman through four different titles that each had their own theme, and but you could read them in order, you got a weekly Superman book. So it was very much like a television series at that point versus monthly movies like most comic books. They did a similar thing with Batman without the numbering piece, uh, but the idea was... You got to see Superman in all these different aspects. So you had one book that was more about Superman, more about Clark, where it's like all the things he did. You got Adventures of Superman are about some of some of these different things. So you had all these different elements of his life, each one showcased in a different book. So you were constantly getting those human elements in the story. And that's what I really loved about this. And 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 like to someone like Josh, who had never been a huge Superman fan, yeah. uh, that questioned whether it was a source material issue or an execution issue, and I have been on record and I will continue to be on record, it was always an execution issue. I say to you, that's, this is how I know. This is the proof. Thank you, CW, for producing this show or allowing this show on the airways because I, you have just given me the biggest feather in my cap, the biggest debate point I have. That it wasn't the source material. Let's keep diving into, because I get so many fabulous acting performances in this season. It's hard to talk about all of them in the scope of the episode here. Yeah, we're not going to yeah. be able to hit right, everybody. We're not going to be able to hit every single one. However, I think we would be remiss if we did not talk about Wally Park's John goodness. Henry Irons. Goodness. Wow. A character who came up in my favorite era of Superman. Mm, during the death Man, of Superman. Man of Steel, post-crisis, mm -hmm. death of Superman. He was one of the four Superman. He was the soul of Superman, right? Like everything that is a bit that, that makes Superman like that. That's all he, he represented that element of him. And wow. Um, by the way, interesting fact that we got two elements of death of Superman in this, the eradicator and John Henry Irons. I mm -hmm. thought that was brilliant. Um, I love the fact that they did some some great subversion. Uh, and when we first talked about this, Josh, yeah. you're like, "Come on, Luther again!" Right? Yeah. Uh, and I remember, and I remember saying, "Look, they said yeah. Captain Luther. I think there's something else there." I was completely wrong. I had no theory even close to what it was as yep. to who he could be at that point in time. But yep. I knew it wasn't the Luther we were expecting, and that was and not a curveball. I knew it wasn't going to be Luther we were expecting, but that was not a curveball I saw coming at all. And yeah. that is, I'm usually pretty good about picking them up. Yeah. But when it was John Henry Irons, I literally like stood up off the couch almost because I'm fat and old. <laughs> I don't stand up. Um, but I pretended like I was gonna, and I cheered. Yeah, uh, I actually <laughs> did stand up, and I banked my knee off my desk because, well, you know. As you do. Right. Uh, 
And uh, but I remember saying, "How cool is that?" Now I am waiting and hoping season two they put the S shield on his armor. Mm. That would be awesome yep. for me. That would be. Right. But if they do the S with a little bumblebee, and what a great little bit at the end with his daughter coming over. Yep. I thought that I'm going to be honest. That was one of the few moments in the show that I was a little bit like, really. Because if she's coming from an alternate dimension through the rift and whatever happened when all of the when uh, you had the crisis on multiple Earths and everything got collapsed back down to one. And I'm not saying that I'm against it, but this is honestly the one and only thing, aside from the fact that I kind of wish the ending could have been longer and more drawn out. But again, we talked about that would have involved a motion picture. It's the only thing in the show that I was a little bit like WTF about because of the time gap, right? Yep. Even no matter how they justify it. And hopefully they'll do it well, because I'm, I'm curious to see and I'm hopeful for it, because honestly, John Henry needs some happiness beyond a sister that he's disconnected with who thinks no, he's see, dead. I don't, I don't think that his daughter coming back. I think his daughter coming back is a glimmer of happiness, but is ultimately going to because the, the Lois that he knew is gone. Right. But Lois is still there. Right. So and now so they're, they're they're another mom just, thing. Right. And so now it's like, so I don't know that this is going to bring. Oh, there's going to be all kinds of angst and things that come up about it. Interestingly enough, they allude to it in the episode where Bitsy really acted uh, uh, her posterior off was the fact that the name of John Henry's daughter is the name of the baby that her and Clark lost. Which is the family name, if I recall, of hers. Her family, is it not? Like her grandmother's name? Something like that. Yeah. So, I, I mean. Don't hold us to that. Uh, I believe we're going to get uh, a, a great amount of dramatic legs on that angst. in the next. There's gonna be season. a lot of angst on this one. And in the flashback, I really, really liked the character yeah. of his daughter. Natalie was yep. the character's yep. name, um, but she did an amazing job, even with just the few scenes she was in, and the actual emotion and relationship shown between the two of them was there. So she was great, and I loved her. The amount of time gap between him coming through this anomaly and now her coming through the anomaly and some other form of craft this much time later, I struggle with a little bit. So we'll see how they explain it. But that was the only thing in the whole show that made me go. Here's the question though. How much time has elapsed in this season? I think it's ambiguous. Like they, like the kids are still in the same year of high school. So it's been a couple of months, maybe it's been less than a year. The seasons Seasons haven't changed. changed. Football is football season is still on. Yeah. And it was autumn at the beginning of the season. It's only been a couple of months. Maybe. And we are talking about, you know, transitioning from one universe into another one as it collapses. So who knows how many loopholes you could have gotten caught in. Time dilation being what it is for all you Hoovians out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Depending on where she came from and how she got here, I can see it as a possibility. I'm just saying, while I'm looking forward to what it's going to mean and it piqued my curiosity, it's the only thing in the show that made me go, "Eh." Yeah. They could have done that reveal at the beginning of next season, and I think it would have been fine. I I think it would have been much more powerful if... The season ended with the ship crashing, and not showing and who not came show out. who's in it. I think right. that's much more effective. Yeah, right. And then begin the next season with them all standing around as you know the ship opens and the steam rises and the dust settles and then Natalie's. I would have even, uh, I'd have even split that halfway. Have the looks on their faces as it comes up and she steps out, yep. but we, the audience, don't yeah. see who it is. And have John Henry step forward like. Right, that would have been hot. That would have been I a good, a good way been. to cliffhanger without cliffhangering the action. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they know what's going on, but we, the audience, don't. Yep. Right. Yep. I think that would. Have, by the way, that's a very strong comic book trope. Oh, Many yeah. times has there been a comic book cover that shows the ship opening and the person stepping out in shadowed from the back, 
and the and the hero knows who they are, what's right. happening, yep. but you don't. Yep. And then you realize as you read the comic, waiting for that scene, that that's the last panel, and it's exactly the panel that was on the cover. You got to wait another month before you find <laughs> it. Um, you know, so I think that would have been a much better way to end that. Yep. But uh, all total, a bit of a quibble. Uh, but since we're talking about Wooly uh, and and how he did on this show, oh. he played tortured better than many. Oh yep. God, he did. Uh, and, and and believably, and like the angst between him and Lois all show. Can you imagine what that must have been like for him to basically be I, hanging I out with a clone of his dead wife? I, I absolutely cannot. Who, who is in who is in love and married to the guy the, he watched the, kill her? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, the whole thing is just such yeah, a like mind the, fuck for him. Yeah, mortal enemy. Like yeah. that's oh, that's, that's why I love at the end that they didn't they didn't try to horn shoe or shoehorn those two together. Superman and, and uh, John Henry Irons. Superman's like, hey. You could live here. Mm-hmm. We could do a thing. We could do a lot of good. And John Henry's like, you know what? I'm no. good. And he's honest about like, it. I mean, yeah, he straight absolutely. up tells Lois, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Preach, brother. There's no way I could stay in that situation either. No way in hell. No, I mean, no, no, no. No matter it, how much it, you it, start to care about the new people, maybe yeah. in a few years it'll be easier. Yeah. But I, I see, I see a connection between. So much like how I saw a connection between Jordan and Morgan Edge. There's a connection now between John Henry and Jonathan that I think is very, very... I really like that, too. Because if Jonathan is going to grow up in this world of superheroes, he's not. He's already shown. He's not the kind of man who's going to sit by. So if he doesn't have superpowers... Start, start, because they're about the same age. But he just started to hook up with the girl at the end of the season. I think there's something more about her, by the way. There's something more about her, yeah. yeah, yeah, I I don't don't think it's as simple as she's a high school kid. Of course not. She's from Central City and her dad just went to prison. So she is, and I don't remember her last name, but I meant to look it up. I bet you her dad is a villain from The Flash. Could be. Okay. But Uh, I love that twist on her character from the snotty girl and getting a little bit beneath the surface of the snotty girl. Because that's one of the things I think we're missing a lot when you go with the tropes for high school is showing what's beneath it. Because most of the asshole kids in high school are assholes for a reason yeah and it's not usually the reasons you think there's usually something painful underneath it and sarah made a big deal about the fact that sarah didn't trust her there's a lot more there's there. a lot there's, there's a lot going on there yeah i'm going to talk about one thing real quick and then i think uh we get into our uh our pleasure uh with with the way that betsy Tolak played lois the only thing I wanted to go ahead and talk about is we haven't talked about... Uh, Dylan Walsh is probably one of my favorite actors of all time. I loved him in Nip Tuck. I've loved him in everything that he's in. He plays Sam Lane in this show. And we already, we talked last time we talked about Superman and Lois, we talked about Dylan Walsh as Sam Lane. I thought it was a fantastic... Yep. I thought the way... I thought the way the actors look uh, for Sam Lane and uh, Jordan Elsass, who plays Jonathan, mm-hmm. I thought that they looked like two people who could be grandfather and grandson. Absolutely, absolutely. There, there's right? a lot of care play yep. put into Cat, the look physical Cat. appearance yep. appearance of the characters. Yep. Like everybody looks like, yeah, I see yep. that. Child. There are looks that Sarah that, looks like Lana's daughter. Absolutely. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There, there are looks that Jordan uh, Elsass gave that I'm like, wow, that's Lois, mm-hmm. and that there was moments. Yeah. That he gave that, I'm like, wow, that's Ty- that, that, that that's Tyler. Like, yeah. it, like, all so I have to, to say, what I wanted to go ahead and talk about was the very last scene that we see Sam Lane in when he's at the party. Uh, and he is, ta- I, I think it was when he's talking to John Henry. Yep. And uh, John Henry's talking to him about being offered something at the exactly, DOD you know, and they're going to work together. Do you have something to do with that? He's like, no, I'm retiring. John Henry calls him on. He's like, how are you going to survive without access to unlimited cosmic power to go ahead and do your thing? Sam Lane, I think, is lying through his face. It, 
he's knowingly or unknowingly when he's he lying says, to himself. Eh, it's not going to yeah. be that big a deal. I'm gonna. I want to be more about my family. I'll be fine. No, like I said, like I have said numerous times now, he's gonna he's gonna be the, the you know the grandfather that's retired and can't help building new cars in his own garage. And I think I suspect. What's going to happen is that that Dylan Walsh or that Sam Lane will create some sort of it, it's not going to be Shield obviously because Shield is an MCU thing, but it's going to create some sort of organization to help contain Kryptonians like Morgan Edge, right, or Leslie, or like any of the other. Now that they know, now that they know that there are more Kryptonians around and that they are threats, I think. Something, someone is going to tap him and they're going to say, you have got unique expertise in this particular thing. Be our... I see where you're going and I don't fully disagree with you, but I do a little bit. I don't think he's going to start a new organization because he doesn't need to. He already built one that has kryptonite weapons to fight Kryptonians, that has policies in place. I think he'll come home, mend some fences, spend some time, get to know his family, which is good. The character, the man, needs it. He's been estranged from his daughter over his choice of life and prioritizing the country and the world's safety over his family forever. I think he's going to mend that that fence, grow a little bit in his old age into finishing becoming a grown-up so he can then maybe do both and wind up going back to the DOD in a moment of crisis. I, I sense in season two we may get an episode with Lois' sister. Uh, and I think it'll be a nice episode where he can kind of show, like, maybe Lois is going to navigate him mending fences with her, her younger sister. Uh, I think we, we could see that in a season two or a season three. I agree with you. I think he's not going to stay retired. I don't know this. I was never in the military at that level or anywhere near that level. But I'm guessing if you're at that level in the military, retirement looks very different than other people who get a golden watch and sent home with a big dinner and some cheesy cosmopolitans. Uh, I have a sense that he will constantly be asked to speak here or there. Right. His retirement could like, I'm speaking at, uh, uh, he's a commandant at West Point. Or his uh, retirement could be, you're still tapped. Bear in mind that for military people in a certain point, you can retire all you want. Government owns your ass when they want your ass. Yeah. So he could very well, in season two, have some threat come up and then just be reactivated whether he wants to or not yeah. and we know that sam lanes is going to follow the orders all He's commissioned officers of the military can yeah. be called back at any point at any point <laughs> you know so i i think you're right in that he's not going to stay he's not going to stay retired I think the mechanism for him leaving retirement is where you're wrong, yep. and we're going to find a different vehicle for that same thing. Net result, I, I we're going to get some yeah. great Sam Lane. Yeah, I, go, I don't yeah. think he's going away. I'm going to go one step further, and I agree he's not going away anytime soon. I'm not going to say that this is going to happen in season two, but I see a Smallville Jonathan Kent coming. I see him being a close, personal tie to the family whose race is run, whose story is told, and I think he's going to become a tragic hero at some point that, that catalyzes uh, whatever change needs to happen to help the For Kent I, family move forward and overcome. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it, uh, season three, something happening to Sam could very well be the catalyst mm -hmm. for whatever grand plans they have for for jo Jonathan yep. or uh, some next evolution for Jordan. And I could be wrong. And it could be both. But we talked earlier about being good at seeing things like this coming. One of the things I'm usually great at is picking out the tragic character that's going to drive the plot forward. Um, we just did an episode on 
Shadow and Bone. Yeah. The second set of books about it, just a quick story, I won't give you the spoiler from it, but my son started me reading Six of Crows. In the third chapter, he's asking me about it and what I think about characters. I think it was the third chapter, but it was at any rate, it was in the first like 20% of the book. And he asked me about two characters. I'm not going to tell you who they are. And I said, oh, I think they're great, but they're going to be a tragic couple. One of them's going to die, probably this one, hmm. which happens at the end of the second book, wow. yeah. verbatim. Because I just started and he was like, mad that I, I, I called it like out loud right then. But <laughs> just, and sometimes stories, you know, they, they throw my, they throw my storyteller brain by, you know, flipping the script on the trope, but he really, really feels like the Dumbledore character who's yeah. going to fall to give Harry the strength uh, to fight on. Yeah, I, I can tell you, I don't disagree. And I actually thought that was going to be when... It's going to be it, about the grandchildren too, by the way, not about Superman. Uh, uh, I thought that was going to be what was going to happen when the car got flipped. When Morgan Ed showed up, yeah, I thought this thought was it might happen moment. too, but it didn't. I thought this was his moment. This is Sam Lane <laughs> saying, you're not taking my grandson. And yep. then he was going to go. Yep. And that was going to be the moment, yep. right? I really thought that was I, the I, moment. I figured either him or Sarah were going to be yeah. invited. With I, Leaving true. him so effed up in the front seat that he had to try to talk his son into shooting a supernatural being off-handed from the passenger or his grandson my bad I had to try to talk his grandson into shooting a kryptonian from the passenger seat off-handed like debilitating him to that point that he had to take that role for the scene was amazingly powerful yeah, yeah. loved it we have talked about a lot of the acting and a <laughs> yeah. lot of the roles uh in the scope of this episode let us end this episode with the diamond role acting job in this series. Yeah, in we've talked series. about her a lot, but we got to come back. We mentioned her name. We have ma- we have name dropped her a couple of times, but we really need to go ahead and pay some uh, some serious credence to Bitsy Tulak playing Lois Lane. Like I am getting goosebumps just mm-hmm. best ever. thinking yeah. about it. With great respect yeah. to other actors. I Bitsy Tulak, we love you. If you want to come on the show and do an interview, we would be more than happy <laughs> to I'm, chat I'm, with you. I'm not sure we'd be able to, we, she wouldn't be able to talk. We'd be too excited. What an amazing, so kudos to the writers, kudos to the directors, kudos to whoever gave her the space to fill that role. But my God, did she fill it? Holy crap. Well, like I, I, I'll, so many moments. So, so many, many moments. moments. She, there was, there was her determination. There was her, her from her opening scenes uh, in the, in the Daily Planet boardroom uh, versus Edge. Mm-hmm. She owned that scene. There was uh, other uh, other elements early in the season where it's like, when she's just talking about, no, we're going to go, we're going to find this. Or, you know, we're, we're going to find out what's going on here. She just owned those scenes. Her toe-to-toe with her dad, you know, you're not welcome here anymore. Yeah, don't mess with my family anymore. Yeah. You, know, you know, not my family. She was done. She was well, done. Yeah. She was amazing it, it, in every yeah. thing she did, but it was the emotion she conveyed as a mother oh, that, the like, that she really got that Jonathan Bennett yeah. in the in John Henry's trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you don't understand. I thought you were dead. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like yeah, I, like, and she went angry, yeah. and then and then and that beautiful scene, one of the best scenes ever. Jonathan, I said upstairs. 
and he was gone. Like, oh, I've you, heard I that mean, voice. I, I, I mean, Jordan Elsass, you. Uh, you probably ran upstairs and there was no upstairs on set. Right. right? You were gone. You kid. jumped off the other side of the set, went to your trailer. I like. I almost left the room. I'm like, yeah. my name isn't even Jonathan. I was out. I'm sorry. That made me think of another family moment. This line actually came from Clark, uh, Tyler, when he threw out, and it was in one of the very last episodes, when uh, they were all in the kitchen and they're talking, he's trying to give Jonathan crap, and Jonathan basically just turns around and starts telling him about how, look, you weren't here, Jonathan couldn't handle, I needed to make sure I could do my thing if I needed you to protect people, so yeah, I went and stole those weapons, blah, 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 and Clark's like, you know, you're making too much sense, y'all need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> that was freaking amazing. <laughs> It, I can't but, even say that. But that was a great turn because that was the opposite of the coin earlier when Jonathan and Jordan were getting dressed down by their mother. Mm -hmm. And Clark's only response was, listen to your mom. Yep. Yeah. That was it. Keep like, his he, job. He, <laughs> all of us dads out there, and Steve, you you could, yeah, yeah, listen to your mom. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Like, th that was the most dad thing he yep. said on that show. But, but to take it back to Bitsy, like, all of these things, what they have in common is that all of them were made better by the by the role she was spelling out. Mm -hmm. Like yep. her and she was in each of those. In scenes. Every single one of those scenes made everything around her infinitely better. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was. It's just there's something to be said for immersion, right? That like watching a show like Superman is hard sometimes because like okay, dude's flying. I know what you're saying about how great Tyler was as Superman and how for him for for you he is like the he is Superman. Like that's just the way yeah. that it is, right? For a non-comic book guy, I don't have that same sort of like that same sort of connection. So it's like it's like I realize that I'm still watching a Superman show, right? Yeah. But Bitsy as Lois Lane, I never doubted for a minute because she was so consistent throughout the entirety of the season. I never doubted for a second that she was the character that she was portraying. Not saying that Tyler wasn't consistent, not saying that anybody else wasn't consistent, but there's that level of believability when Superman's flying around. It's like, okay, this is a Superman show. Lois Lane as a mother was so powerfully mm -hmm. believable in I, everything she did. Yep. Even I, when she I, wasn't being motherly in that particular moment, like when she was working with the other person uh, with, with at, her, at, the, at, at the at the paper. At the paper, you know, when she was oh, just like insane. When she was basically uh, being the handler for Lana, trying to convince her to do some corporate espionage on Edge. Yeah. Right. She was br deviously brilliant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In, in, in those moments. I will take what you said one step further. Tyler is Superman for me because of how he did his thing. Yeah. He is the epitome of what I grew up reading on the page in its best era. Right. Or in my opinion of what the best era is. I'm not the grand speaker of all, but I do think the post crisis. Yeah, that would be me. Uh, uh, I do think the post-crisis pre-New 52 era was the best era for Superman, right? Uh, and actually a little bit much earlier than when they went to New 52. Her portrayal of Lois Lane is better than she's ever been written on the page. I think what she does is transformative in that Superman is the best Superman we have on film. Bitsy Tulak as Lois Lane is the best Lois Lane, period, any medium ever. That's how I feel. That's how strongly I feel about what she's done. I would agree. She really, really brought the role to life on the printed page from the Superman comics that I read. I mean, Lois was there and she had some depth, but she was a little bit two dimensional. 
not no pun intended for the printed page <laughs> part in two dimensional. But at any rate, um, because lane's a little two dimensional. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Superman was the focus, and well, they did bring her in, and they brought more of a person out of her to when they as they became a couple, and to show what Clark was attracted to her in, and Superman was attracted to her from. She never really was able to totally lose that I'm a comic book character kind of feel on the printed page. And then when it came to film, she was never the focus before. And that's, I think, the true, I think Superman or Lois and Clark came close. That's why they chose to title it that way. Instead of calling it Superman, they tried to focus on their relationship. Yeah. But truly bringing the character to life required this more mature Lois. Yeah. It required... I gotta say it. I love it when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, and for some reason there was a time advance for that couple and their children. Instead of being one single child, became twins, and they were now teenagers. Yeah. Only people that happened to, but so critical for this show to succeed because that mature life experience post Pulitzer. I've raised kids. I've been through a miscarriage. I have life experience. That Lois is what let. Bitsy Tuluk take this character and light it up. Fantastic. I mean, we could go on and on we and sure on could. and on. <laughs> she elevated the role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she elevated it beyond the page, beyond the screen, yeah. beyond the radio waves. Any other person who ever takes this role will be measured versus her. Yeah. Right. How I knew right from the get-go that she was going to be special in this role was in the very kind of prelude to the season when you're watching her and Clark courting for the first time, it's totally unspoken. It's just like silent snippets. And again, we talked about the facial expressions that Jordan has as he was switching personalities and everything like that. That's where the believability, like you saw her as like the young reporter that didn't know anything, that, that didn't know Clark's story and didn't know what was going on and didn't know that he was really Superman, all that sort of thing. And then you just watched her fall in love with Clark Kent over time to the point. Yeah. And then once they're a in twenty that minute bit, like yeah, yeah, it was and, excellent. And then once and then once they're in the cornfield, it was a fantastic and, montage. And he and he for the first time flies in front of her, mm. and she like. There are so many ways. We talked this earlier about how when Sarah learns about, about that Jordan's scene. story, how is she going to react? There are a million ways that Lois Lane could have reacted to that moment. And yeah. the only then the way that that Bitsy Tulak showed it is that she's like, "This is this is it's like it's again it's that everything all of a sudden makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now I know why he's now I know why he's who he is. They now just found out why she just found out why Bruce Willis was the ghost at the end of the movie. All of those little pieces, yeah, all yeah, of those little yeah. clues. Yeah. Final shout out though, because she lit up the screen, but part of what made the show, the whole show shine, and I'm not going to go back through individual other actors' names, was the synergy between them. Because some of those scenes that she carried, what made it, aside from her, was the other people she was acting yep. with. Totally. The chemistry of the Kent yep. family as a family was always yeah. believable. Wait, I loved it. And we, we, yeah. we talked about that earlier when Jordan Nelsas uh, uh, on Twitter made the comment about how great Bitsy was. Yes. The cast... So we are not the only people who saw that Bitsy Tulak was amazing in this role. The cast saw it too. Right. And anybody that has been on stage before and has been on stage with somebody who is special mm. knows it. Right. You know you know when there is an amazing presence on the stage, and even if it's just that the perfect person for the role or whatever, but you know when magic yeah. is happening. Right. And for the rest of the cast to say, oh yeah, like, thanks, we appreciate you liking us, but did you see what she just did there? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, that, that yeah. yeah. 
I've seen it. On, and that speaks a lot to how much how they're having so much synergy because yeah. the cast is vibing together. So yeah. well. we've seen it in so many different avenues. Josh, you and I have seen it when we've played together mu yeah. doing music and we've been various places. We 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 we've seen it at the game table yeah. where all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, did Teddy just do some shit <laughs> in this scene that was just amazing? Or uh, you, just when we did an, an AP play uh, 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 the other night when the three of us were recording from our separate studios uh, for a, a, an AP that the rest of you will hear about, there were just moments where it's like, Glenn, yeah, yeah, I love that moment. Yeah. Thank you. Like that. By the way, that game was us each handing each other torches all the time. Yeah, we had a great time with and, it. It's, and, it's coming. We're not even going to tell you what it's called yet yeah. because it's an upcoming Kickstarter. But it is coming. I'm yeah, you, it, but, it's a, but I'm it's telling a really you, exciting thing. Though. But we witnessed some magic amongst each other just handing that torch off. Yep. And right, because we all got to play together, and this is yeah. the first time we've and, ever all yeah. three sat at um, the exact yeah. same table was for this and yeah. the Kickstarter people ran it for us. Yeah. So they're yeah. running the material. Yeah. So it was amazing. Yeah. It was a fantastic time. So when we're hearing Jordan talk about Bitsy and we are seeing the display of the cast just reveling in each other's excellence, it's the real deal. The and real all deal. of you, I'm sure, have been at a table where yeah. somebody's scene was great or somebody's action was yeah. just blew you out of the water like right. i would have never thought about that but that was perfect yeah, or something like that it's i can't like, believe you just did that yeah yeah you know yeah, uh, the real thing. like you know it when those moments happen you know yeah you just know all right i'm gonna go ahead and take us home here so what we're instead of asking for final words because i feel like we could go each go off we already all did it yeah final yeah words here i am instead going to ask a question so the question is in one paragraph or one sentence keep it short What's one thing that happens in season two? I think that in season two, the only prediction that I'm going to make is that we're going to find out that I'm right. Sarah is or has been figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a confrontation or Jordan saying, I really do love this girl. I can't keep this from her and I need somebody else to talk to about it. And he has a uh, Tom Welling Superman with Pete moment and tells her himself. Yep. I think that that's going to happen. But beyond that, it's so hard to predict yeah. because they did so much in this season. My biggest, it. biggest, biggest question, and I know this is more than one sentence, sorry, Josh, <laughs> is how are they going to keep up with the pace that they've set for themselves? Yep. I, God, I hope they do because I'm ready to have my socks blown off. I don't like socks. Actually, I do yep. like socks. That's a lie. My wife hates socks. Prediction or what do I want? I think there's Prediction. Two, what do you think? I think there's two, diff there are two different yep. questions. Prediction. I think we're going to get a different big bag. I think Morgan Edge may appear, but I don't think he's going to be a major factor. Yep. I don't know what big bag we're going to get, but I'm thinking it's going to be somebody else. I think we are going to get precisely what Glenn just said. But more importantly, I think we are going to see... We're going to see a little bit more <laughs> of the modern CW universe. I predict that we're going to see the other CW shows because they're winding down several shows. Yep. Uh, I think that brief... Uh, um, Mr. Diggle? D Diggle appearance was the start of that. Yep. I, I, I think what we're going to see is some of that involved. Yep. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. Yep. As long as they decide, and it seems very clear that they have decided that Arrow is gone. The DC universe is centered Lois Lane 
and Clark Kent. Yeah, Supergirl is ending as well. Yeah. Oh, which brings to mind the one thing, and the show didn't need it. I'm kind of glad they didn't. But why, if this is still Arrowverse, why would Kara Zor-El not have shown up with that going on? That's that's the biggest Arrowverse crossover problem that I have. But I'll be honest, I watched this show until Diggle showed up, kind of separate from Arrowverse, just because it's got a totally different tone. So COVID is the main reason for that. Yeah. That is largely COVID. There were okay. there were things planned that had to be. There was a cr- a couple crossovers planned that had that to didn't be canceled happen. because of COVID. Damn they COVID! Keep, they had to keep their actors yeah, right. and their cohorts and keep things separate yep. for all the right <clears throat> reasons. Separately, tone was so different. She must have been I, off world. That I don't think it is. I actually think the idea is, and it wasn't proven or disproven. And I do hope they go with this. That while they're in the same universe, this show is actually 15 years after uh, the events uh, of the current Arrowverse. See, I didn't take that as a time advance versus the rest of Arrowverse. I took it as what I mentioned earlier, where in Crisis, their lives in particular, just like with Flashpoint, when suddenly Diggle had a different child. Right. It was altered because of the way they smooshed together. Yeah. My understanding is this is 15 years after everything that's currently happening. Okay. And that creates, you can have a different tone. You don't need to do crossovers. And when you choose to do them, you're going to be showing older versions of those people so that their tone can match your tone. That's cool. That's what I think was supposed to be set up. But COVID could have messed all of that up. So I don't know what that's going to be. My prediction is we're going to get the answer to that question, however. I think season two, we're going to know timeline-wise exactly where this show fits. Right. And how they're going to cross over. In the greater CW. So I'm going to go totally wackadoodle with what I think is going to happen. I love wackadoodle. The wackadoodle for season two. Uh, and, and, And I'm sure that there are a million reasons why I will be wrong. I just feel, like you said, other CW shows are starting to wind down. They're starting to go ahead and take pieces off the table. They're starting to, and they're starting to kind of pivot into other pieces, right? Like we had the whole Birds of Prey series not that long ago, right? We had other that things. died. That was canceled. I know it died on the vine, but it was there. They tried. We got, we, we got, we got to remember that it was there, right? To go with me, because what I think is going to happen, and if not in season two, eventually, Batman. Love it. Yes. If that happens, all about it. Yep. I think, I think, it, and I think it's going to happen in season two because I think you're right. Killing Morgan, or not killing Morgan, but more taking Morgan Edge off the table has created some sort of a power vacuum that someone's going to fill. And when the next big bad comes in, Batman. I hope not. I hope they don't do Batman versus Superman as a no, season. No, no, no. I don't think it's going to be Batman versus Superman. Oh, you said big bad and then Batman. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Batman won't be the bad. Won't be the big bad. But it will be one of those things like a big bad comes in, maybe maybe one of the Gotham villains, something like that right. comes in. Some kind of a connection right? to spin off again. Some sort of a connection. I, again, either like a spin off series to try to go ahead and, and I think that's apart. more season three, season four, but I see where you're going. And maybe. I like and I, I, I like could see it in the future. Yeah. They they, they, they name dropped Idris Elba's character from Suicide Squad. Yep. Uh when they talk about Kill Raven. Yep. So I mean, yep. yeah, we're we're um, there was also apparently a uh, there was a drop when uh, when Sam Lane is talking to John Henry. Apparently, there's like a there's a phrase. It's like uh, it was the name of a comic book series that featured Batman and Superman. World's finest. Was that world's finest? Right. Yeah. What did Sam Lane Not tell? A, the. Yeah. What 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 did Sam Lane tell John Henry when they were talking? Uh, no, excuse me. It, um, it, when John Lane was talking to Sarah, yeah, so trying to got find the Jordan, world's finest. What did they say? Who said John Lane. 
Sam Lane, sorry. When Sam yeah. Lane was talking to Sarah about where about who's looking for Jordan, we've got the world's finest looking after them. Right. World's finest was the name of the series that featured Batman and Superman. It, it was the series. It was one of the was, first yeah, comic book crossover series, series yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I collected it for years. Nice pickup, Josh. And, I didn't even they, catch that reference. Yeah. Nice. I did. Because I, it's one of my favorite look, I wouldn't have picked it up times. if I hadn't read an article on it, right? But I was like, okay. that makes an awful lot of sense. And I, I, what I don't think, what I think the writers of the Arrowverse, they don't, much like MCU, they don't do anything unintentionally. Everything has a reason, right? right. Like, there is a reason why John Henry's daughter has come back. And oh, yeah. I think that it's to go ahead and be the counterpoint to Jonathan, right? There is a reason why <laughs> Sarah picked up on that glance when Clark and Lois were talking. And it's to go ahead and set up the I'm I'm really you know, Superman's my dad. Yeah, I know. I love you anyway. You know, yeah, it's, there's it's lots of subtle up, right? things like that yeah. that if you don't yeah. catch them, there's a reason like that why look. mortgage why Morgan Edge is still alive, and it's because other than Clark, he's the only other Kryptonian. Because some Clark's that, someone to talk to Jordan too. I think knows. that's coming. I mean, now that yeah. Jor-El is gone, there's that. There's that too. You know, Will that's even Will. hinted to at the brothers. He says, I mean, at the I end, he's like, all I ever wanted was a family, and Clark's like, you had one. We were brothers. He says past tense. So but, I don't think Clark's there yet. He's a little pissed, yeah. which I really well, like because you well, don't see yeah. Clark angry often. A little more time though, he's going to go start talking to his brother because yeah, he's he family. will because he always because he may he, never let him out. Because he'll go sit on the bench Superman and talk. represents the better nature of people, right? Right. But him forgiving and working through it also makes sense. Yep. Yes. So. All right, everybody, thank you very much for sitting. I appreciate everyone uh, listening as always. Uh, we will certainly, I do not think that this is the last time that we will sit down and talk about Superman and Lois. And I really hope it's not the last time that we sit down and talk about Bitsy, uh, Bitsy Tulak and how amazing an actress she is. Yeah. Uh, so please, you know, uh, uh, and Miss Tulak, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the show so that you can read the phone book. Like, we don't care. Whatever. Or any of the other fantastic any, actors any that we've that mentioned. I mean, LSF, please come on. Yeah. Talk yeah. about how, Jordan, absolutely. Alexander, yeah. Tyler, yeah. any of y'all want to come on our, our little podcast. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I uh, don't forget too, that we do have the TTJ awards coming up. Mm. Uh, many of these names will be featured in that episode. Also, I have no doubt. And we don't even have the results of some of those polls yeah. just yet. So uh, yeah. Those and those, be, and those will be for y'all to choose from for the final result. So, yeah. but yep. you'll definitely see some of these names in, in the categories we put up. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you taking the time, and we will talk to you again next time. Later. Night. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. You can join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. And make sure you join our growing online community. You can follow us on Twitter at TT Journeys and join us on Facebook just by searching Tabletop Journeys there. You can also reach us by email at podcast at ttjourneys.com. And if you want to catch early access to our episodes and some of the other benefits we have coming down the pipeline, you can also support our production at patreon.com slash ttjourneys. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, Audible, or any other podcast platform, we would really appreciate if you would like and subscribe to the podcast. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays and every Wednesdays. We'll feature our side quest series where we talk about pretty much anything tabletop oriented. Thank you all so much for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler on our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.